You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is the unofficial 40 here from Soonerscoop.com, brought to you by MidFirstBank.com. Go to MidFirst.com slash u 40 midfirst.com slash u40 and uh, sign up for the ou rewards credit card you get the big ou logo right on your credit card it's the official uh, partner of the university of oklahoma uh midfirst bank want to welcome them on is our presenting sponsor well uh it has been a slow week a little bit except for one thing and that is lincoln riley kind of went liar liar i don't know (laughs) He lied to us. He backtracked a little from the teleconference to the media luncheon. And at I least looked, I looked up. I was trying to get the audio from the teleconference, and like they, I don't know if it's posted this morning. It wasn't. Yes, all day yesterday. They usually post it the same day. I don't know if that had to do with the Mike Gundy thing that happened, and they're just like, I don't know. or because they're pointless. I mean, that was already out there, wasn't it? Well, the audio. I, no, I mean, uh, I wanted to get the audio of Lincoln. Right, right, right. Lying. But I don't know why they wouldn't post it. Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean? some intern probably didn't put it up. But anyway... You know, it's just a pathetically wrong. So, I mean, like, the teleconference is stupid. We all know this. Like, it's just a bunch of guys that never do anything and sit, you know, at a radio station and just ask questions. Uh, and rarely does anything of note ever come out of that. Yesterday, two things came out of, no, uh, of note came out. One was Lincoln... And I don't know how the question was asked, which is the part... Oh, that's why I told you guys when it first came out, like, he could be playing semantics because... Right. If the question was simply, "Is Trajan Bridges a defensive back now?" Uh, you know, or did you move Trajan Bridges to the defensive back? That would be. The, but he basically said we haven't had any discussions, uh, and he said something else, and that's the end of that. Like, oh yeah, that's really going to be the end of that. Like, I think we all know that that's not going to be board, the end of that. The board. The board is pretty funny when I think someone put that up and they go, "All right, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> discussion on the corner is done." <laughs> Uh, and I don't know how Josh felt. I know Eddie was, you know, his sirens were going off. and I was flabbergasted. And uh, I I mean, I should have. It was just morning and all hell was breaking loose. And you guys were getting to the press conference. And I was trying to decide if I was going to be able to get there or not. And uh, I was just like, look, I feel good that he's, you know, I've had it from enough people. Right. That something is going on. So I don't know what Lincoln is doing. Or what he I, I like I understand what he's doing, Josh. He's trying to make this not hurt him in recruiting is what his biggest concern. Oh, I'm sure. You know, and, and that's something that I mean, I think everybody can follow certain people on Twitter that realize there's maybe a few hurt feelings out there. Um, Family so, members. You know, 
Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, like, th- there's some of that going on. And former I'm, guest of the pod, by the way. Uh, hey, Jack, how you doing? Of course. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, like, it's it, he is such a recruiting-focused head coach. I, I'm sure that was one of his first considerations is how is this going to look. But when you draw – I didn't really have a problem with what he said in the teleconference until he was like, that's the end of that. You know that's not the end. Because <laughs> you know it's happening. Like, you know that eventually – even if it's like five years from now, they're going to be like, yeah, you remember when Lincoln told everybody he wasn't working there? Yeah, he worked there that whole week. Like, somebody's going to come out and verify it on the record. Like, it's going to happen. So why even draw that line in the sand? Like, it, it's yeah. not a big deal. It's that'll just like, be the end of that. Yeah, you just kind of painted a target <laughs> on yourself. We're good. Well, it, you know, the funny thing about the teleconference is just hour, a little over an hour and a half later, he's having his weekly press conference, which you knew that wasn't going to be the end. And, uh, but the venerable Al Ashback uh, being the first to jump into the fray about Trajan Bridges. Have you been looking at different things uh, in the secondary, like Trajan Bridges moving over to safety? Have you been doing anything differently than other people at, at the nickel? Well, we wouldn't. If, if we ever move somebody, I got asked about this this morning too. If we, if we ever move somebody uh, to a permanent position, I'm going to tell you guys, uh, we have not done that with Trajan or anybody else. We're always experimenting with different pieces on our team at different places, but uh, that's not something I'd be willing to talk here in front of everybody, including all our future opponents. So uh, let me stop that. Uh, And that opened the door back up. We're like, okay, we're not crazy. We're not wrong. Like, obviously... He's playing some defensive back. Yeah, and it's just the way it's being phrased. And then Eddie, you know, the press conference is over, and he's got to move his – he goes out to his car because you went and worked, and then you went to move your car. Yeah, we we stay up there after the press conference gets over, and we work up there or whatever, and then – And shoot your uh, video. Yeah, some sometimes <laughs> do that. And then we um, – I had to go put some stuff in the in my trunk, and I walk some over junk. by the uh, – what? <laughs> junk. Junk, junk, junk. dad joke. Yes, that was a that's a dad joke. <laughs> okay, old. Uh, so, but I go over there, and the football team's walking from the practice field where they practice over at the uh, track and field. Uh, I don't know what's that called. Jacobs. Stadium center. John Jacobs. John, John Jacobs. Field. Okay, yeah. I'm not going to call it by its name. If you want to be a track athlete, that's on you. Uh, but I go over <laughs> if you there. Exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's on you. Uh, but I go over there, and then I notice that Trajan Bridges is wearing a white jersey. Which the defense wears. Which the defense wears, and he's walking over into the indoor with Trey Brown. Like, it just happened to be, I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And then uh, that kind of led into post-practice with Alex Grinch on Monday night. Which, that's the whole thing. Like, you know, okay, Mondays are also defense, so we're, we're, what are they, we're, spe- not, what's the gamut? God, why is it every time the pod starts... I forget all of my damn. How <laughs> about run the gamut? Run the gamut. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we're running the gamut on Trajan Bridges because uh, we're now we're gonna talk to Alex Grinch and you know Alex Grinch is kind of no nonsense. You wonder like, is Lincoln really gonna waste his time going to Alex Grinch saying, okay, here's our plan of attack when it comes to dealing with Trajan Bridges? No, Alex Grinch is no nonsense. He's just gonna come in and tell you. What's going on? And that's what he did Monday afternoon. Well, that's just something that uh, Trajan talked to, to Coach uh, 
Coach Riley about, and, and uh, you know we, we, we may get in the recruiting recruiting war, recruiting a bunch of guys off of offense if uh, <laughs> if he allows us to. But uh, no, that that was something that was brought up by him, and, and, and something that uh, take a look at and kind of kind of go from there. And so verdict's still out, and uh, obviously he's a, a quality player, quality kid. Um, and he'll uh, ultimately be a high-level player at Oklahoma in one capacity yeah. or another. Does that tell you that you're kind of creating a culture on that side of the ball that people want to be a part of, though? Oh, I, I you know, I, I, it'd be tough to make that that declaration again. I mean, I, you know, you, you love to, to think that uh, you know guys feel like uh, one there, there's there's quality, uh, uh, you know, be, being uh, created. Uh, I think also speaks to opportunity. Um, and, and, and so, in any event, I think there's, there's several guys that, uh, and again, you know, some, some of which that, that you know, find themselves, whether it's scout team early in the year or, or young guys in our program that uh, you know, signed on to be defensive players, there, there's, there's opportunities to be had out there. And, and so, it's a very high standard, and uh, we've we got to continue to work to, to create and ma- match it and, and uh, obviously continue to raise the bar as well. Was he still with you today? What's that? Bridges still with you? Yeah, he got some work with us today. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, then I guess this is my question. Why would going back to the Riley thing, Mm -hmm. if Trajan Bridges went to them and asked them to be moved, how would that be? How does that hurt recruiting? Yes. Yes. That's been like, doesn't it look worse that you're lying now? And now that like, wouldn't it look worse if he said, well, he asked us to move and we're just not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's you know what I mean? Like, how? No, it should have been handled differently. It should have been said, look. He came to us. I think it just and comes down to he could play Riley defense is and paranoid about everything, and he didn't want to give out any intel, if whatever you want to call yeah. it. And it's ridiculous. We've said this before in a lot of it's ways. He's, stupid. He is more paranoid than Bob was in a lot of ways. Because yeah, if the real story was Grinch and Riley went to Trajan and said, "Hey, we need you to move," yeah, that could be used in recruiting. But if Bridges is coming to them, if anything, it, it makes Trajan Bridges look. Amazing that he's so selfless that he could yeah. bite a bullet and say, "All right, well, I'll just play defense for you." I was thinking about this. I want to help the team. What a bastard! <laughs> like, I don't. How's that a what bad? Horrible thing? kids we have. Yeah, in this like how is that a bad thing? Well, I think just, that it should be celebrated. Like when we just talk about all the team first guys in terms of offense. You know, there's there's only one one ball. You need all these team first guys. This was your perfect example <laughs> to bring out. It's overblown it's it is you know it's lincoln being a little too protective of things that don't need to be protected i mean it's just it's i'm not saying it's a bad look it's just it's paranoia and it's well when the cat's out of the bag why bother like i mean it's clear everybody knew like i mean it wasn't it wasn't some this wasn't one of those things like oh a couple of people heard some whistle like everybody knew something had happened like it, it was it was everywhere. And my other thing is, did Grinch and Riley not talk? Because Grinch was so matter-of-fact. Like, yeah, well, he was out there today with us. Like, I mean, it was so different from where Riley's like, yeah, you know, we're considering some things after his second chance at the answer. I think it's Grinch's just, first run is like, yep, he's out there. He's working with us. It's kind of like just a look inside the coach's office that they pay no attention to what's happening outside. Uh, you know, I... Grinch is obviously not scrolling through to see what Lincoln says on Monday afternoon. Yeah. Well, I kind of said the same thing with uh, Bill Beatonbow. But he Beatonbow. should. He should take a look at the take three. Yeah, with the B- Bill Beatonbow, <laughs> Marquise Hayes. You remember, like, Beatonbow said, I expect him to play. He's been practicing. Lincoln comes back the next day and says, oh, I'm still not sure. It, it's just Beatonbow and Grinch just don't have that head coach paranoia the f- mindset. They're this- just going to tell you what's going on within their group. This is the first uh, – 
major, I think, uh, red flag. I think it's a sign of uh, divide in the coach's room. I think <laughs> Riley's already looking to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, I think. Uh-oh, 10-11 and never report coming at you. Yep. <laughs> Dana Holgerson said to be the next head coach. Mm, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'd move back down to Norman. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, all that plays out. And then, you know, it. you talk about, you know, people being on the same page and not on the same page. Now, when we talked to the players, like, some of them were guarded. Others they didn't were know. not. They didn't know what they could say. Yeah. I just do what I always did, which I said, Alex Grinch just told us that Trajan's a safety. Tell us about it. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that's what I did to Patrick Fields. I mind bleeped him. Uh, and he was he was really open and had some good things to say. And and uh, Delarian Turner Yell also did. I mean, uh, but here's Patrick Fields kind of discussing it. Coach Grinch had told us about Trajan kind of trying some defense. What does that mean to you as a player to see a guy that is willing to, you know, maybe make a move to to work out, you know, maybe help your defense? I think it just, you know, speaks volumes to, um, you know, the type of program we have. You know, guys, guys, you know, just want to see our program succeed, and you know, they're they're willing to sacrifice, you know, what whatever it takes for the team. And then I, that quote right there, you know, mental toughness is, you know, doing the right thing for your team, um, even when everything isn't perfect for you. And I think that kind of like speaks volumes to that quote right there. Um, but you know, he's done a phenomenal job. You know, the first game against Houston, he came down, made a big t- uh, tackle inside the 20-yard line on kickoff. So you know, you see the the glimpses and the ability of him to. You know, play defense and be aggressive. If it works out or whatever, does that? But does that give you a lot of respect for a guy? Definitely. And, and I mean, he's already a guy that's, that's well respected throughout the team because you know he he's a phenomenal player offensively. But you know, just seeing him be able to come over uh, to the defensive side and, and you know transition so fast and be you know willing to learn, um, adopt a new defense and all of that. You know, it just makes you respect him that much more and speaks volumes to you know the type of player he is and the type of ability he has. Josh, I know you've done a lot of the breakdowns, you know, each and every week. Uh, I don't know how much you put into special teams, but that's one thing that everybody kind of pointed out to is that he's a very aggressive player on special teams. Uh, He makes some really good tackles that very first game they played Houston. uh, He made a big special teams play in that game. Uh, And and that's kind of given those defensive guys like he's it's given him some cred, you know, some street cred uh, with those a lot of those guys. Yeah, you know, and I I won't pretend that in the breakdowns we spent a lot of time on special teams, but I can say going back to games, camps, you know, watching Trajan over the last couple years, this is a guy that you don't often say a wide receiver has some edge to him, but Trajan's that guy. Like, I mean, he, you can tell, and he's, he's a nice kid off the field. I mean, he's always good to deal with, always real, you know, just easy to get along with. But on the field, that was a guy that looked like, man, he's one harsh word from maybe getting into something here. Like, I mean, he just runs hot. And it, it's something where you're like, okay, like I, not many guys would I say, yeah, they could get, it's just such a different mentality from offense to defense. But he's a guy that you're like, oh, okay, I could get there. Like he has the mindset for it. Now, like I said, I, people are like, oh, well, I had people asking me in board chat yesterday, is he going to start this weekend? <laughs> whoa, whoa, tap the brakes. Like, I mean, I had the same this question is, this morning. Yeah. yeah, this is this is just not a position he's played a lot of. I mean, I know we got some video and we put it out on Twitter of him having that big interception when you guys saw him last year. I mean, it's not that the physical skills aren't there. He can be a good player, but this isn't a position he's been working at for the last three years. Like, you know, he hasn't been working with DB trainers. He's been working with margin hooks and those guys and all the receiver trainers. Yeah, and I mean, that was something, you know, people were asking me. I even got a message from, you know, people at OU like, hey, how would he have rated as a, you know, how was he looked at as a defensive back coming out of high school? I was like, 
Nobody was talking about him as a defensive back. Nobody was rating him. He was going to camps and, and as a receiver. Like, he would come to rivals camps. He would just be a receiver. It's not like he was some... Like, people have this, uh, this, this perception of him now like he was some great two-way player in high school. Now he did some. He played defense some, but I mean he was also. It was more under of center. Like, he was the Wildcat quarterback. Yeah, I mean he, he was had the, to do everything. I mean he was doing everything it was on more offense. Like, all right, and he kind of went on defense. The ball's some. inside the thirty. Get out there, trading. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly. he, he like, wasn't a defensive starter. I would say. I, well, I would consider. He, I don't him think a he was no. And because like he wasn't. Said, we saw him. He worked at receiver. The night I saw him, he played some running back. He played some uh, wildcat quarterback. He was their return man. I mean, defense was the one chance he had to actually get a breath. Yeah. So, you know, like, unless they had to have him on the field, they usually didn't. I, the game I saw, which was a huge rain debacle, so, I mean, that you have to kind of gauge it a little bit. He didn't play. I don't think he played any defense the whole night. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I definitely don't remember seeing him on defense. Now, obviously, you guys did, so it's a little different from game to game. But, I mean, this is not a guy like some of these players where there is a real debate. You know, maybe like Jaqueline Crawford's a good example. Texas wanted Jaqueline Crawford to play DB. I mean, that's where they really liked him better at. Oklahoma liked him at receiver, and that was a big part of why he chose Oklahoma. Um, now, obviously, he's made the switch, too. So, with with Bridges, he was a receiver. There was no conversation. There was no doubt. Like, everybody that was recruiting him wanted him as a receiver because there was nothing to say defensive back was his future because there just wasn't much evidence of it. By the way, I uh, just got an alert from the SeatGeek app saying that uh, ticket prices have dropped 15% for Oklahoma-Texas Tech this weekend. I uh, want to remind you guys, the SeatGeek app, uh, go download it on your phone. If you if you need tickets for a game, it's a great app. Uh, it lets you see uh, you know tickets from all over the place. I mean, uh, a lot of these ticket places are huge, and you know they don't really care about the customer. Uh, they have annoying sites. All the SeatGeek has it all. It's an app. It's a website. Uh, they've been a great sponsor of Sooner Scoop over the year years uh and they've got millions of live event tickets in a price match guarantee uh so i mean they're they're trying to do it and prove that they're doing it a better way but you can search for sports live music comedy uh whatever you need a live ticket uh a live event ticket for uh, all in one place and uh, they've also built the fastest way to find tickets so stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it uh also uh they've got over fifty thousand five star reviews it's uh, as i said just a better process uh, they rate each deal on a scale of one to ten uh eddie and i have both used it a lot he he got uh what'd you get cubs tickets i think yeah, uh, a, about a month ago it was a great process a waste of money though seeing that bullshit <laughs> they are not uh on eddie's favorite things to do right now watch cubs well it's over. it's over it's, it's over done. this week it's, i don't want to talk about it it's done okay Move on. i use it on sunday to go see the astros watched uh, george springer hit three home runs did you so really was, uh, three yeah, home we runs first game. three at bats right yeah yeah it was crazy i mean let off the game and then hit i think in the second they, they almost batted around in the first came back up in the second hit another one in the fourth hit one and then you could tell like from then on like he was just trying to get fo that fourth and it was just he's, he's nubbing it off the end but I mean, it was a great game. Play at the plate, big diving catch out in left field. It's easily the best Astros game I had a chance to see. They and might so be, it was. They might be pretty good. It was pretty quick for you to get the tickets. Oh, easy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Super. I mean, I've got kids, man. I don't have time to mess with all that. Not. I mean, it's nice. You just scan and you go. It's beautiful. All right. Uh, and also, SeatGeek will give you ten dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Uh, that's the promo code Scoop. Uh, so download the SeatGeek app. 
Use the promo code SCOOP. You get $10 off your first purchase. Uh, that's SCOOP for $10 off your first purchase. That's SeatGeek. Thanks uh, for being a great sponsor of the podcast. All right. So we've talked about Trajan Bridges. One guy, you know, you know, it was the bye week. They gave the players the weekend off. And we talked about it going in, like, what else could they do at safety? Alex Grinch was asked flat out, do you feel like you're developing any other guys that you can trust to back up Patrick Fields and Delarian Turner Yell? He basically said no. No. And it was a pretty yeah. short answer. Uh, but one guy that we, you know, maybe we didn't talk a whole lot about that might be in the mix there is maybe Jeremiah Cradell. I certainly think it's interesting. And just as far as the way that they have gone about, I guess, the last, what is it, 12 days since they played? By whatever. Way, Bob the, gave me a FU nod sideways, like, nope, not happening. I you don't, don't know. You don't, you don't feel like Cradell is a possibility? Um, I think anybody's a possibility. Anybody's a possibility. <laughs> like, I have to go. Except for Robert Barnes. <laughs> and he's the one that gets brought up the most. Well, I, I think it's just only natural to start thinking about guys that have played before down there. And, uh, I, you know, it's it's fascinating to me to see the process that they've gone through just as far as, or the I guess the mental circles that uh, fans and even us have gone through just as far as looking for guys that are going to be possibilities at safety. And if they're not getting it done Monday through Thursday, Alex Grinch is not going to play them. Yeah, so that's the one thing. If you want to know on. why insert name isn't playing it's because he's a shitty practice player yeah and like I, I, there's no other way to put it right and really it's more like you have to practice well for two days because he talks about monday tuesday yeah like get it done on monday tuesday you're gonna play on saturday you will, you may not start but you're gonna get thrown in the game at some i guess point. The, a question that, and i mean it'd the, be a dumb question to ask but what constitutes getting it done on on monday tuesday at practice like is it not busting coverages is it I well, mean, Alex Grinch said, he said it has to be more than just lining up right. You have mm -hmm. to go out and play. I mean, yeah. and that, you know, I think we played that clip last week, maybe. But but Grinch is also big on getting it done when the lights come on, too, isn't he? Yeah, well, that's what he said, though. I mean, that's what's ridiculous about this whole thing is he's saying, we want to play more people. We want to play you. Right. Give us a reason yeah. to reason. play you. Yeah. Like, he's just, it doesn't sound like he's asking for you to move heaven and earth on Monday and Tuesday. He's just asking you not to be a dumbass, not to be a screw-up. Like, and he will give you a shot. Like, he said, we, we want to make the mistake of playing too many people instead of not playing enough. So, like, he's rolling out the red carpet for people to play, and no one's able to just walk up and do it. It's it's crazy. It's it's not a good situation. Everything else on the defensive side of the ball seems so settled as far as you have rotations. You're getting Kenneth Mann back this week on the defensive line. You have Jaden Davis now kind of that, what I would call that third corner mm -hmm. as far as yeah. rotation. Uh, it's just it's that safety position and even the nickelback position that – they have to get figured out before, you know, I I say Big 12 play starts, but what quarterbacks are worrying you right now? It's Obviously, it's OSU and Texas, but, yeah. uh, you know, outside of that, I think that there's some some question marks about the rest of the league. I think Spencer Sanders could be a problem. No, oh, I think that's I think that's could be argued as right now, knowing what Texas has as far as injury wise. It could be 1A, 1B screwed. as far as OU's toughest games. 
Well, you, Cotton Bowl and then uh, up in Stillwater. You really worry about the burnout for Fields and Turner Yell. If they have to keep playing 20 yeah. to 30 more snaps than everybody else. I mean, not, they're, not they're almost at 60 every game right now. Mentally, too, because that's when they're going to start to make mistakes. And then you don't know if that's going to snowball because they just they're always on the field. They're just fatigued mentally and physically compared to everybody else. And here's the problem. They're playing 54 snaps a game and Buki in blowouts. Right. Like, what happens when you have to play four quarters? I mean, are you going to have to play 80 snaps? I mean, it could get ridiculous if they don't find some depth. Do you wonder if, you know, say they like the Bridges experiment. They start liking him at, you know, nickel is, you know, I think what everybody's hearing. Do you experiment with Sylvie or Buki at safety? Like maybe one of those guys can give us a little depth there and mix it up? Boy, it didn't take long for Grinch to give up on Sylvie. Yeah. He didn't play course, very well when he yeah. was in. When you see the results of he him He was a playing, great story. Him and Jordan Parker were great preseason he stories. gave up on them equally. But they're not. When they're out there, they're the ones that are slipping or falling down and covering. Like, they're the ones having the bust when they're in a limited amount of times. Sylvie just looked like he was running in quicksand while everybody else was full speed. It just wasn't, it didn't look good. Which in a way is, I mean, I guess a little startling considering they really haven't been tested that much. Exactly. The safeties, and, you know? And that's why you like had they to haven't look. had many opportunities to f*** up. Yeah, that's why you had to look to like someone like Trajan Bridges because you know if you couldn't get it done against South Dakota, then you're not going to be able to get it done against conference teams. We're going to find out a lot about the defense. And, you know, the other thing... <laughs> that I found kind of comical this morning is like uh, someone asked me, do you think Jaden Davis is going to get more playing time? And I'm like, that's not the point. That's never the point. Like he's playing a lot right now. Like just because someone does good, doesn't mean that they have to play all the snaps. Like you have to eventually get that through your head. That's like, part of what they're building. Yeah. They're building that's, a rotation. Why, that's why they're finding some success and why they're going to have success in the big 12. Ultimately, is because they have guys that they can rotate and they can all play at a higher level. Like, it's just that mindset that people, you know, the casual fan can't get. Like, if they see something good, they want that player to play every snap all yeah. the time. Just put them in the 11. Put them in the well, starting 11. They don't want an 11. They want 22. They don't need want backups. 22. They wouldn't be backups <laughs> if they were better. Hey, you guys, you created this monster. You put Trajan Bridges, that one clip of him making an interception, and now that's all he's going to do every time the ball is thrown. <laughs> Why don't they put Trajan out there? He'd intercept it and return it every time. Well, I'll just throw this out there. Every time I've been to a Trajan Bridges game, he's intercepted a pass. <laughs> oh, here we go. That's See, a fact. You know, that's a fact. I, have you I, seen I, him play defense? You know what, Eddie? You've been, I can, to, you've I, been to games this year. I can back you up on defense. that because every Trajan Bridges game I've been to, he's had an interception. That's interesting. 100%. I don't know how Bob feels. About I can't. Him. I saw him as a junior and he uh, okay. against Marcel Brooks. They now he leveled Brooks. He was I did, gave I, him I, the I, I did see Trajan Bridges take a guy's head and cram it into the ground. <laughs> I like that. While he was on offense. So he yeah, he is a very aggressive person. I like that. He needs to hang out with the Caleb Sutherland, maybe get arrested. That'd give him a little bit more dog too. Get a PI. Get a get a PI at four forty five in the morning. By the way, uh as detailed as, as Lincoln Riley was on Callum Sutherland's suspension or his his dis discipline, did anyone really think he's going to miss a game? No. Like, it was literally like, 
oh, he's going to pay dearly. Like, he made it out like they were going oh, to he's not kicking strap that first him, extra you know, point. have him drawn in quarters. That first extra point, that is not going to be him. <laughs> you're, you get the first extra point. Well, Gabe Burkich kicks off, so they're not going to take that away from him. I think he'll just probably do a little bit of extra running. I mean, it PI on a, in a college campus is one of those things that seems like it happens. I've said Serious this, shit, Eddie. I've Serious said this shit. all week. Like, it's a lot better than a DUI, obviously. There you are, can't make fun of a DUI. You can make fun no. of a PI. He endeared himself more to me by getting arrested. I, I've been saying this since it happened. Uh, there are a lot of PIs that can happen in a football program, and public intox might be the most tolerable of them all. Yeah, I think that's probably right. That's yep. a good take. I like that. Pass, pass put, interference is a lot oh, worse. Oh, a lot worse than a public <laughs> We should put that on a t-shirt. Sell it through the... At uh, least it wasn't a pass interference. Yeah, I think... Parnell Motley, have a drink on me. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Part of the Speed D. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, I mean, it, it was it's tech this week. It's, a, it's Big 12 getting underway. And I think the other thing that we talked about, and I know... Bob is writing about uh, right now. You've played three games. Is the other shoe going to drop? Like, that's that's this is the, what Grinch was brought here for. Yeah, this stretch of nine games. Figure out how to do pace to play defense against these type of teams. Make it work. You've tried to build the depth. Now, Everybody felt like you know going into conference play last year the defense was going to be better and it all fell apart. Exactly. I think that's kind of the thing that sucks here is we're in the what I would call, I guess, the end of the first quarter of the season in, in a way. It just, they're not going to, they go out and play well on Saturday against Texas Tech. People are going to say, well, they had the backup quarterback. And, and they're all facts. They're all facts. I'm not saying it's wrong, but you're not going to be able to get a good a, a good idea of what this team really is until you get down to Dallas, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just kind of a wait and see mode. Now there's you a can lot say of that bad... about Jalen Hurts too. Like, yeah, yep, absolutely, and it, it kind of sucks, but in a way, it's like they still got to build over these next two weeks. You got to beat Tech, like I, Josh. We can talk about you know what you saw uh, under the hood as far as Texas Tech in the Arizona game, but you know I, we were working on stuff at uh, the Rose Bowl after the UCLA game, and I had that on in my laptop, and I mean I thought Tech was terrible. I thought they were absolutely embarrassing. That might have had something to do with uh, the fact that I maybe had some monetary interest in Texas Tech that night, but I thought they were awful. Yeah, the, it's just amazing to me that in a year's time, even when Bo before Bowman got hurt, they didn't look like themselves offensively, and it really felt like the new offensive staff was trying to recreate the wheel, and there was no real reason to do it. You know, when they would speed up and they were just kind of playing at tempo, all of a sudden, they started moving the ball, and they're going up the field. And then the next drive, they just slow it right back down and do the you know the check with me stuff. And it was immediate, like three and out, or you know we got one first down, and then we punted. It, it was all very abrupt when they got that way. Defensively, I think they're much better. I think I I think Jordan Brooks at middle linebacker is is as good as any linebacker in the conference. I mean, he he's a really really good player. Probably going to get some time on Sundays. So uh, there are – it's interesting because it's just a very different tech team than we're used to, but I, I don't see any way without Bowman they're going to stop Oklahoma enough or uh, score enough points to keep up with Oklahoma even with an improved defense. And that, that might Not be Not even a, if they bring in Maverick? <clears throat> you bring in you – know, uh, 
Maverick, McIver, and you already have 14 points. You should start you're, you're with trying, you're, you're trying to cross me up here, Kerry, because we all know of my love affair with Top Gun. It's, 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 you're trying to make me say something I don't want to say. I mean, Jet, Jet Duffy had success against the Sooners yeah. last year. Yeah. So it would be a, not a huge time, but if they could actually stop Duffy this year. Did he beat TCU? Yes. Yes. He came it in. was a horribly low score. It was a Thursday game. night game, game and terrible. it was just yeah. it was disgusting and Tech ended up winning. But uh he does have the uh he he likes to turn the ball over, it seems. Yeah. Uh Jet Duffy. And I, I would think that this is a game that if Oklahoma isn't able to force a couple turnovers, you walk away pretty disappointed. Like I think this is a game that if you really are a defense that has taken steps. Uh, against a, a backup quarterback, you have to go out there and put together a really good performance. I, you know what, it, it would be. I think the story, the, the the fairy tale story for this defense, would be like if Patrick Fields had like two picks. Sure. Because he was get those safeties involved in, a little against bit against Houston, and it really not that he's regressed, but Trey Brown's always told great. me he has terrible hands. Did, did Patrick Fields yes. has terrible hands? Yes. Okay, so Delarian Turner yelled in two picks. Go one and one. How about that? Maybe like Delarian Turner yelled, tries to catch it, slips through his hands, and Pat Fields just kind of grabs it out of the air. And you want Turner yell to force That's a ball winner ball. in itself, having two safeties around the ball at one time. Yes. Or a really bad throw by Jet Duffy. <laughs> that could happen. <laughs> I'm not saying it won't. Outside of that, uh, anything else that really stood out to you offensively, Josh, about Tech? Because, I mean, they are, Lincoln said it the other day, they're, they're basically running, you know, a, a similar air raid system to what they were running last year. Yeah, like, to me, the two things that I noticed are different. The tempo, the pace is just much slower. And the, the other thing is, I don't understand how an offensive line that returns so much looks so much worse. I mean... Arizona was getting pressure with three-man fronts, like not bringing blitzes, not doing anything exotic. They were bringing three, dropping eight, and Bowman's moving around in the pocket. Like, I mean, he should have had all day behind an offensive line that returned so much and so many starts. Uh, Jack Anderson still looks like a, an outstanding player for them, was a highly recruited recruit, a uh, highly, re wow, that's bad, highly rated recruit. <laughs> um, so, you know, He's a nice piece in there at guard, but other than that, I, I just I see an offensive line that's going to have trouble with Oklahoma's athletes when they're they had trouble with Arizona, who had been awful defensively coming into that game. I mean, if you have offers from Alabama, Oklahoma, um, USC, you could be a highly rated recruit, uh, highly recruited recruit. Sure. And sure. then you can have shittily recruited recruits. I mean, guys with offers from, like, San Diego State and New Mexico. You know, if you're not going to go to the NFL, though, I mean, there's worse places to be recruited to than San Diego State. I mean, just go enjoy that just lifestyle. You can't live there years. after you graduate. Yes, you can't afford it. yes. You're going to be broke. That's exactly right. I don't know if Rocky Long is the type of guy I'd want to play for. You've... you've blown my mind that you even know that Rocky Long is the coach because I didn't. I could name you every Division One coach in a Power Five conference. Really? Maybe. Are I'm you, sure there's a couple that... Did you Oregon State. take some Adderall before the show started? <laughs> I did, but not for that reason. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
God, no, that's one of no! the coaches. And it's, no! it's Jonathan something, isn't it? Yep. The only reason yep. I know that is because OSU played, played him in the first week. <laughs> Who's Hawaii coach? Uh, they're not Power Five though. Yeah, they're not oh, Power Five, but he's uh, he's uh, gosh, I forget. This is, this is I'm segment. over two now. But I remember thinking when we were talking about the Oregon State head coach, it was like I can't right believe now. Louisville, yeah. uh, Satterfield from Appalachian oh, State, Scott nice. Satterfield. Wow, that's a good one. Uh, I remember thinking like, there's no way that's Oregon State's head coach. Like I had cut some audio of him when he was talking about Oklahoma State in the first week, and I was like, there's no way this is the Oregon State's coach. I, had, I think it's like Jonathan Anderson, something. Jonathan Smith. Smith. Yeah, you should talk about a nobody. John Smith, can you get any more blame? John L. Smith, he was an all-time great. Hell of a backup, huh, Bobby? Yeah, he didn't uh, do so well at Arkansas. I don't think anybody does well at Arkansas. You can't convince me that Arkansas is a good football program. At home. Mike Leach would be so much better. When Arkansas weeps, I weep, okay? (laughs) I mean, like... They've done it to themselves, though. I mean, hiring Bilma, being one of those schools like, oh, we don't hire somebody like Mike Leach. Well, That's their I, problem. I, I was listening to uh, Daniel Jeremiah's pod today, and they were talking to Joel Klatt, and he goes, what's going to be hilarious is when the Alabama-LSU game is 52-49, to 49, and all the SEC fans are like, this is the greatest game we've ever watched. Like, <laughs> it, I mean, and it's true because it's th- those two defenses are not what we're used to seeing from those two schools. No. And their offenses can light it up, and it's going to be funny when that's in the 40s. CeeDee Lamb said as much yesterday. Talking about... He did. Uh, big, just how when other teams score a bunch of points, it's a great game, and everybody's really enthusiastic about it. But if it happened in the big... If that... If the Oregon, uh, I mean, not Oregon, if the UCLA uh, Washington State game would have happened in the Big 12, people would have lost their shit. There's just no defense. But everybody else was watched it and said, oh, what a hell of a comeback. What a fun game that was. Well, it has changed, though, too, because now that Alabama has caught up and now that LSU has caught up with everybody, like, it's it was, okay. It was, it was a thing where they were jealous. I mean, it was like they had these in the Big Ten. I mean, my God, how long? How much longer is Mark D'Antonio going to survive? Pat, there, I mean, how long is Pat Fitzgerald going to survive? Pat Fitzgerald needs. To, I mean, the, you know like, why Pat Fitzgerald's in such a <laughs> shitty mood all the time? It's because his offense is ranked 121st in the country. That's awful. I, I mean, tried to watch some of that Northwestern Michigan State game last Saturday. I there was other options that weren't college football that I would have watched. The thing is, you can you could really hide in the Big Ten right now. I mean, you can you can be a very average team and get away with it. See Michigan, yeah. Every time they play a good team, they get their ass throttled. I mean, like Ohio State looks like a historical offense right now, but it's just because they're playing in what has become one of the well, they just they play terrible teams. I mean, they're all. They're not yeah. conference schedule. I'm saying they'll, they'll probably kill Nebraska this weekend, and everybody will be like, "Oh, look at this offense!" Like, I want, I want Nebraska runner. to like ha- make that a game, but I don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. <laughs> Nebraska's terrible. I mean, Fields will have to go up there, and they'll have to turn the ball over three or four times for that to be a game. I would think. I think I pick like 49-21 or something. I mean, they're they're going to house Nebraska. Oh, I bet they score fifty in the. I bet like fifty six minimum. I don't know what the over is in that. I'd probably bet it. I mean, the 
Probably could Ohio State's played four games. Ohio State's played four games. Two of them are from their own state. And one, they had to travel to the always tough Bloomington, Indiana. Oh, yeah. that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. It's just, that's, I mean, it's not, don't get me wrong. Oklahoma hadn't played, like, but at least they can say we put UCLA on the schedule a long time ago and didn't realize they were going to be a complete joke when we got there. 67 is the over-under in Lincoln this weekend. Over. Way over. 56-14. might good. almost <laughs> score that themselves. That wouldn't. That'd be a bad look for the black shirts, in my opinion. <laughs> if they give up sixty-seven black shirts. That's a scorching take from Eddie Eddie Radosevich. Uh Well, I you know you mentioned C.D. Lamb, uh, and I think one thing moving forward with this OU offense is, I mean, it's great that Charleston Rambo has you know had some nice games and stuff, but. They need to have someone that's at least enough of a threat to draw off some of this double coverage off CD Lamb. And maybe sure. we'll see that more now that conference play starts. But like Texas, they did the same thing to Tylen Wallace, and Oklahoma State didn't really come up with an answer for that in the passing game. They just ran Chuba Hubbard a lot more and then ran Spencer Sanders a lot more. And kind of, I mean, it's weird because OU and OSU kind of have the same problems offensively. They've got a great wide receiver that nobody can stop one-on-one, yet they've got a running quarterback that kind of takes the ball out of the air a little bit and takes those opportunities away. So it's like, what do you want to be? And and I, I think Lincoln Riley has to decide at some point, do we want to be a team that has a quarterback that runs so much our running backs aren't really a big part of the game plan? Because that's kind of what's happening. I'm somewhere in between. I think that... A little bit has just been what Riley has said. It hasn't been planned, and he's just tucked the ball. And then another part of it is I just don't think they've really forced the issue, have they? Just, or needed to force the issue, maybe. Yeah, I'm just sort of ready for Trey Sermon, Kennedy Brooks, Grant Calcaterra. Like, these guys are just getting warmed up. This was their preseason. Yeah. They came out healthy. And I mean, now that's one thing you can say. they're ready to actually do what they're supposed to do. Kerry, you make it kind of seem like, though, that this is a couple big weeks for CeeDee Land. Because he hasn't been necessarily the guy that I thought he was going to be. And I don't know, that's not a bad thing because he's only played a couple, I mean, in reality, he really hasn't played a full game yet. And they haven't really needed to go yeah. to CeeDee Lamb. But so you at the same me, time, how many like, one-on-one down the field opportunities has he had? Four? I can only think of, I, I can only think of two. He had the one back shoulder throw. That was off. Yeah, it was a poor throw by Hertz. Mm-hmm. No, the one he caught the, okay. when he went down yep. on his knees and flipped right, it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Who was that against? That was a was that against I think South, that was South Dakota? Dakota? Yeah, yeah, that was South Dakota. But and he had the bust on the touchdown down the middle against Houston. Well, he's he, he had even, the bust against UCLA on the slant go. But I mean, just sending him down the field and throwing it up for him to come down with like that's happened like twice. In three games? CD's talked about it. I mean, I, this is a little bit of a new world for him, isn't it? Just as far as he always had, you know, last year, obviously, he had Marquise Brown. Uh, you know, he didn't really technically have him in the Orange Bowl, and I think that was a positive that he was able to perform so well. But at the same time, they... And I'm not saying he can't do it either, but, you know, need to probably show a little bit. If you want to be the number one wide receiver taken in the NFL draft here and what? seven eight months yeah like you gotta it's kind of go time 
You only got nine more opportunities that are guaranteed. Judy's, and Judy's making a lot of plays. I mean, if you're talking... And, I mean, for CeeDee Lamb, he wants to win the Bolitnikoff. He wants to be the first pick taken in the NFL draft. Like, sure. his numbers right now don't even put him in the discussion for All-American, much less Bolitnikoff. I mean, like, you have he guy, needs some ca- I mean, Tylen Wallace is bringing balls down. He's covered by one of the best big... Uh, best safeties in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. But he only had one or two catches, I think. Yeah, how many did he game? end up having against Texas? Not much, because they had one to Landon Wolf and they had one to the Johnson guy. And they used Dylan Stoner a lot. Yeah, and I think a little bit of that is maybe I just had such high expectations for CD, and I, I don't think I would well, change th- that, but it just... It's go time. But like, there's no doubt play, it's start, it's, he's it's, underperformed. It's start to go. It, but it's not go. his fault. It's no, not, it, not at all. Because you look at the passing attempts, too. Sure, I mean, sure. if Jalen Hurts is running it, the passing attempts yeah, You're more to there. 25 pass attempts a game now. Yeah, that's not like 30 to 40. You're losing chances. And you also, in Baker Mayfield, Josh, you had, uh, and Kyler Murray, you had guys that were more drop-it-in-the-bucket type throwers. Jalen Hurts is not really that guy. His ball is more on a line. That it's not a. He's not really putting it up there for you to to grab it. He's he's throwing a pass kind of. He's throwing darts kind of out there. Yeah, I I think like the drop it in a bucket's a good way to put it. Like as to where he's throwing to a point. Like I'm throwing to a point on the field. Mm-hmm. Rather than like I'm gonna drop it in over there. You know, like and I know it seems like a fine little detail, but I agree. Like. It, and I think if there's anything you wanted to say about Jalen Hurts, and I, I think everybody knows for the first two weeks I had some questions, and I thought against UCLA he showed some progress, but it's he's not a great deep ball thrower. I don't think you can really argue to the contrary so far. Now, maybe he'll change, or maybe him and the receivers, will, you know, they're still working some things out. You know, it could be a lot of things, but so far we haven't seen a lot of elite throws down the field. Well, and that's up to Lincoln Riley. He said, look, if I have a, a, a star player and he's not getting the ball enough, I will do things to you know, make sure that that happens more. And, I, and I, he wants, just like he, he's freaked out about the Trajan Bridges thing, he wants to feature CeeDee Lamb. He wants CeeDee Lamb to be the best receiver in the country. He wants that to be uh, you know, a, a kind of a, a recruiting pitch that he can put out there to other people competition was terrible but lamb could have had 300 yards against south dakota if he would actually stayed in the game yeah and that's the other part they get up big and you don't really need them and yeah i think that's why for the most part it's a little bit of an incomplete uh review as far as what cd lamb has brought to the offense this year just because i don't yeah. know if we know honestly i don't know if we know a whole lot about the the offense as a whole i mean they they, they just have haven't shown? been yeah. they haven't been tested that's true. And what is Lincoln Riley? I mean, these guys are averaging on. almost a first down a, a play. Yeah. You look at the numbers that they put in the stat book uh, for this week, and, I mean, it's just ridiculous the historical rate that they would be on. That's why, you know, LSU and Alabama and all these SEC teams hated on the Big 12 defense for so long. They're averaging almost a full yard and a half more a play than anybody else in the country. Yeah. Yeah. But we want to see more running game. We want to see more CeeDee <laughs> Lamb. It's, I guess I'm guilty just like the Jaden Davis thing. Like, we're going to see more of him? No, I. but I think it's all fair. And that's why I think over the next two weeks, it's going to be frustrating in a way because anything that anything good that happens, it's going to be, this was expected. Anything bad, it's going to be, 
Uh-oh. Yeah, the ceiling's <laughs> falling and everybody, you know, is basically screwed. I well, just I'm sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, it's it's like the opposite world of the defense. The defense <laughs> when when something goes wrong, it's like, "Oh, here we go again." Yeah. It's one drive. Tap the brakes. You know, like it, it not everything has to be perfect, but on the offense, if it's not pristine at all times, then, well, what's going on here? It's shaky. Or if, even if it is, it's like, well, that's the expectation. So there's there's no way on offense to win right now. I mean, until they do it against Texas, and even with Texas, they've got that LSU game kind of – so people are still going to be like, well, we still don't know. you know. They'll, But it's like, I, that's just what OU has to live with right now. It's funny that like any time that – especially at the home games because you can tell a lot more because of the fans and stuff but anytime that they have to punt it's like what it's like they punt you know three times in a in a in in a month period it's like oh god what's wrong with this offense like people have become so conditioned to Oklahoma scoring every time they get the football that it's it's almost become uh like a like they've they've really failed if they haven't scored and god forbid they go three and out on a series like that oh, that is god. just even more strange. Devastating. Yeah, it's devastating. It is devastating. Uh, okay, I want to uh, remind you guys that the uh, Unofficial 40 is now brought to you by MidFirst Bank. Uh, and MidFirst Bank is the exclusive provider for the OU credit card. So if you guys want to be able to you know, wave your OU pride every time you make a purchase at the register, pull out that OU credit card, you need to go to MidFirst.com slash U40. That's MidFirst.com slash U40. And uh, you can sign up. It's a limited time offer. Uh, you can apply today, right now, for the OU Rewards credit card. You earn 15,000 bonus points by spending $1,000 in the first 90 days uh, from your account open. And you say, oh, it's probably a huge you know, rate. No, it's 0% for the first year uh, APR for uh, 12 months. So 0% 12 months. Uh, get that card, and uh, don't worry about uh, the interest. And then, of course, uh, that does change after the first year, but you get a year. So register for a chance to win the ultimate game day experience. So every purchase that you make on your OU Rewards credit card earns you a chance to win the ultimate game day experience with VIP tickets to a football or basketball game, plus $500 in a mid-first debit card. You can redeem uh, your rewards points for cash, uh, for uh, cash back, gift cards, merchandise, uh, and even travel. So Again, midfirst.com slash U40. That's midfirst.com slash U40. Uh, go to that website, and uh, thanks to uh, Midfirst Bank for being a huge presenting sponsor of the Unofficial 40 podcast uh, this season. All right, uh, recruiting-wise, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, I know, you know, defensively, Bob, you asked Alex Grinch this week, kind of. I didn't get or, to, Not that Alex Grinch, you asked Lincoln Riley. Yes. Uh, during the press conference, kind of what this has done, uh, this start has done for them, you know, defensive recruiting wise. Uh, and, and he had a, you know, he said it's been very positive. Josh, let me, th- you know, bring you in here. Uh, what do you think that this defensive start and just Alex Grinch's arrival at Oklahoma, now that you're a month into it, now that recruits can kind of see it, uh, what kind of effect is this having on the recruiting trail? Well, it's interesting because a lot of the guys I talk to, it's been guys that have seen it in person. You know, the Alfred Collinses. Um, obviously, this weekend we'll get to kind of get Antonio Doyle, Josh Eaton, some of those impressions. 
And I, so far, all the guys have really liked it. I mean, it, you know, you think about it, guys. A lot of the same things that fans react to are the same things these players are watching. Like the defensive line is going to get upfield. The defense is going to try to create turnovers. They want to be ultra aggressive. They're going to blitz some. They're going to. It's all the things that you talk to recruits about, and they're like, "Man, I don't want to play zone coverage with four guys coming all day." That, that's just very vanilla, and it's not something that excites a player. These are all things. The defensive linemen, you get to shine. The linebackers, you're going to blitz some. You're going to chase plays out in the flat. You know, they're, they're, you're going to do a lot of different things and get to show a big skill set to the NFL. The DBs, we're going to put you on island sometimes. We're going to trust you to make plays. And I, I think that is something that is going to appeal to a lot of guys. Now, the reality is Oklahoma is still getting, you know, they're, they're still having some problems at safety like we've talked about already in the pod. So there is not that, oh, well, Oklahoma's dominant defensively. I mean, it's not, you know, that easy sell of, well, look, we're just killing everybody. You know, there's not that to sell. But there is a style of defense where the coaches don't have to say, well, this is what, you know, Coach Grinch from Ohio State did at Washington State two years ago. No, they get to say, here's what our defense looks like. This is the guy. You're going to be our Ronnie Perkins. You're going to be our Jalen Redmond. You're going to be our Parnell Motley. You know, we, you can sell these guys and the way they're playing. And if I'm Oklahoma and Roy Manning in particular, I'm sending every pro football focus thing that Parnell Motley comes up into every corner recruit in the country. Jaden Davis, Man- too. Yeah, oh, Dante Manning would just be getting, like his email would just be spam <laughs> with, with that constantly. Is this a sneaky weekend? You've got a nice mix of Mikey Henderson, Devon Graham coming, and then you mentioned Eaton and Doyle. Those would be two big-time legitimate defensive targets that maybe the Sooners can make up a lot of ground with this weekend. Absolutely. You know, Eaton is a guy that I, I think Oklahoma made a much bigger impression on him during his first visit than he expected. And I really, I mean, that's who the decision basically came down to was Texas and Oklahoma. Now, he is good friends with Bryson Washington. So I, I think Bryson will be in his ear all week. I mean, Bryson is not expected to be there, but he'll be talking to him and messaging him. And those those guys know each other. I think they're on the same seven-on-seven team, if I'm not mistaken. It it bounces around a lot in Houston, so I'm not going to pretend I know that for sure. But they are, they're, they're very good friends. And I was around them both at the uh, Rivals Five Star Challenge. And, you know, they kind of, just hung out and were around each other. So I, I think that could be a place where I don't think anything happens this weekend, but if you said, you know, three months down the road, Josh Eaton flips, this is where it starts. I and mean, th- th- this is how you can start to build that. And then Oklahoma needs to obviously go and beat Texas. There's a lot of, lot of things between here and there, but Oklahoma can start to make that move. With Antonio Doyle, I, you know, we haven't talked about it yet, but the Jonathan there was Parkins. always yeah, there was yeah. always a question of does OU have enough spots to make it work? Well, with the transfer of Jonathan Perkins, it seems like that question gets answered. Now Oklahoma can go after him, truly pursue him, not have to worry. And what's interesting about that is if and they have a legitimate chance at, at Antonio Doyle, his relationship with his head coach Carl Reed, and Oklahoma's relationship with Carl Reed gives Oklahoma a big head start. That's a guy that really likes Oklahoma due to his relationship with Calvin Thibodeau, uh, dating back to the Ronnie Perkins recruitment. So there's a lot of connection there, a lot of kind of intermingled things. And I, I like where OU is with him. Now, the, Texas A&M is a real contender. Uh, he's, he likes the SEC a lot. So there's going to be a lot of things to consider. But when you think about the best blend of football and location to home, 
Oklahoma is his best option. I mean, unless he's dead set on going to Missouri, which I think is almost completely out of the race from some of the people I've talked to, the most, the best proximity to his home of elite programs is Oklahoma. And it's funny that that's the case because he's so far from Oklahoma, but that's, that's kind of the way it's worked out. So like I said, I think Oklahoma can make a big run and people forget when he took his official visit to Norman, he admitted to me that he thought about committing almost the whole time he was there. I mean, he really loved that visit. So for Oklahoma to be able to lay out the red carpet for him, Brian Odom to really be able to focus on him, it, it wouldn't shock me if Oklahoma could really kind of jump to the forefront. You know, it, it's interesting because uh, I think there's there's not one person in this program uh, with Alex Grinch coming in, to me, whose star has risen as much as Calvin Thibodeau's. I mean, you look at what they're doing on the defensive line, not just like, you know, you know Ronnie Perkins was a good player and, and could do good things, but Marcus Stripling's giving them something. Uh, but on the other side, guys, like Jalen Redmond and, and, and Laurent Stokes, I mean, that's a really good duo. And then Neville Gallimore is playing and lights out. Man yeah. back. They're going to get Kenneth Mann back. I mean, it, it, I mean, you really have to give it up to Calvin Thibodeau for what he's now we can say building at Oklahoma on the defensive line. Think of where that defensive line was as far as depth, overall talent two years ago. Yep. I mean, there, there was just, there was not a lot of guys there that you said, okay, that's an NFL guy. And there definitely wasn't much depth. I mean, there, there was, you might have a good first unit you could run out there, but I mean, they really had to take Dylan Fahamatu just because they needed someone who could come in and play, like just, be a body here. You know, we need somebody who can take the reps even at practice. And now, I mean, like I said, Kenneth Mann's a, you know, I don't know if you want to call him a two-year starter, but, I mean, basically. And well, he's a I'm not sure he gets last year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure he gets into the starting rotation. Like, I mean, that's – I mean, he'll obviously be into the rotation, but I don't know that he's a starter right when he walks back, and that tells you how things have changed in two years, and a lot of it's recruiting, and a lot of it is Calvin Thibodeau has guys that he has recruited that are now in a scheme that suits them really well. And I would say number two behind him is probably Brian Odom. I mean, just how impressed I've been with him. And, look, there's still more work to do. Uh, we still have to see Kenneth Murray and how he progresses throughout the, the Big 12 slate. And now that it's going to be open, he's going to have to be doing more in space. Uh Deshaun White's had some flashes here and there, but I mean, to get Ryan Jones to a, a position where he can make plays, I mean, at a different linebacker spot, like to me, that's almost like a, a small miracle. More, more bold over me by Parnell Motley or carry by Ryan Jones. That's a tough one. Uh huh. Because I, 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 I don't know where, how bold where, where over the Ryan, I am. I where just the said Ryan that Jones, it's a uh, minor miracle because of, he's actually he, he intercepted the, the pass. up against Texas. Yes. That is always going to stand out. Probably because he was out. being coached by morons. <laughs> it's always going to stand out, though. And it also uh, makes you realize that. Like, I wouldn't know where to line up either if <laughs> Tim Kish and Mike Soups were my coaches. But, like, also, yeah, we, what's weird is we see Caleb Kelly, like, almost every day. Like he's doing some kind of internship, like he's he's got a class or something with student media, so we see him yeah. in the interview room all the time. Uh, but he's very engaged in the program. Like he's got to be licking his chops. Like, shit, these guys look good out in this defense. Like, what am I gonna look like? I'm a five star. Somebody asked, uh, I think it was last week about Caleb Kelly and how close he was, and I said it's probably about two weeks away from really starting to 
kind of dig into that one as like, far when's as he gonna come yeah back? when's he coming back is there even a plan in place for him to come back because I, I mean I've, i haven't heard anything as far as you know being behind in rehab or anything like that he looks good i certainly think he plans to come back i mean i, I don't think he's gonna be holding the camera for the student media although they <laughs> seems like they need seven people to hold one goddamn camera <laughs> Wow. I think I counted well, yesterday. There were nine people representing student media at practice yesterday. I mean, I I went and through the same program when I was in school. I appreciated the education that I got. I never saw you at practice. But, well, I, it's because we didn't really do a whole lot of that. But, I mean, we basically laid on the foundation for what they're doing. But No, there's nine I'm basically people. Basically a godfather of Gala College. <laughs> I have my name in the uh, up on the walls. Eight of them that don't, that it's no big deal. don't ask questions. I'm sorry, say that again. Nine people and probably oh, yeah. eight of them that don't ask questions. But, yeah, that's my point. Is like, besides your 15 family members, nobody's going to watch it. Get out of the way. I don't think anybody cares about this discussion. No. That's all it's right. more of a... Uh, us. It's more of a, a bridge for me to be able to go over. <laughs> a sky bridge, if you will. Yeah, it should be. Uh, Eddie pulled off one of the greatest uh, internet <laughs> hoaxes. I don't know. It's not really a hoax. Well, yeah. Uh, internet... I would say not burn or what'd you call that? Just troll jobs. Yeah, I guess, I guess troll of all job. time. Sure. Uh, so congratulations. I, I give it up Thank to you. you. Thank you. Uh, you want to tell everybody exactly what it was that you did? Well, we were sitting around Monday after the press conference and the Derek King news came out as far as his intentions to red shirt in the Houston program. And by I, the way, real quick, like, is anybody like I'm not, I, I there's so many people I work with like in radio that are like appalled at this like they can't believe that this is where we're going as a society like I'm just like I'm really not appalled I, I don't I don't ha really have this big of a problem <laughs> Sorry. with it like you he's not ripping apart the fabric of society as we know it like it's just a kid that, and look he may they may have a shit year and he may end up transferring, just going, wow, this thing's in disarray. I better go somewhere else. Like, it's up to Dana Holgerson to keep that thing together. If they were three and one, that's, this might be a different story. Well, one and three. Yeah, I, one think, and three. I think that's my problem with the whole thing is the fact that if they were three and one, he wouldn't be doing this. I think that's kind of the, and I'm, I'm caught in between because I usually am somebody that supports the player. Like, I think it's bullshit that a coach can, you know, automatically leave and be eligible to coach wherever and a player has to sit out i you know i yeah it I, I would support the player in that facet but at the same time it it is kind of bullshit that i mean he definitely has quit if i was a six-year senior for houston and this is my last go around to ever play football not gonna or i'm going a fifth in year senior or a fifth year senior i'm going into the business world after this is over like i would be a little pissed off that my quarterback has basically quit on the team yeah and it but he's like, taking advantage of the rule yeah, he's taking advantage you can't blame people that are upset about it. At the same time, I can't blame you know him for doing this. I mean, yeah. I do think when you hear Dana Holgerson talk, there's a little bit of, am I going to get screwed over here? Like, he's wondering, like, is this on the up and up? Yeah, I certainly, I know that the there's a All hot it takes theory out there that... One decision by him to transfer and this whole nobility thing that we're all selling goes right out the window i, I there's like this uh hot theory out there that holgerson went to Jalen. i mean not Jalen. uh Derek king and was like hey you know sit out come back next year we'll try this thing over again mm -hmm. i definitely don't think that happened 
Like the no. last thing Holgerson wants to do is run off a one in eleven this year. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you got crazy Fertitta running around. Oh, I I could I could listen to the theory that uh, he was going to transfer, and Fertitta said, "Well, I'll give you twenty thousand dollars." <laughs> you think twenty would do it? I don't know. Probably fifty at least. Yeah, living in Houston probably is fifty. Uh, so anyway, but no, you. I'm sorry to get you off track. I just wanted to get everybody's thoughts no, on that I did. real quick. So he makes the announcement. I think, uh, what was it, the Joseph uh, Duarte, Duarte. Uh, yep. put mm-hmm. it out there on Monday. And I just simply tweeted that a source had told me that source. he was spotted in Norman on September 1st. And it got picked up by a couple uh, aggregators, which I think people know my disdain for that type of... Uh, mm-hmm. What is it? I guess I'm, I'm not farms. even gonna call it. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not even gonna call it journalism. It's just rewriting people's work. But they put it out there that I confirmed that, and it just it tickled me to death that people Someone are so made stupid. a headline out of it. People are so stupid that they would like, believe that the headline was something. He along took the a lines visit of, to Oklahoma on September first. Yeah. Like, look <laughs> at their schedule. You should like. I can't believe this went three weeks without being reported. But September first, <laughs> he was. Here. I think you said reportedly visited Oklahoma, <laughs> and September then I put in all caps. Read into that what you will. <laughs> People are so stupid. Uh, but that was yeah, that was pretty. Good. But like the the typical joke, like right after it happened, was eh, Lincoln Riley's new next quarterback. So it was like already out there in people's minds. Like, oh, and those were the other hot takes. Was well, what's wrong with Spencer Rattler? Is he already disappointed? <laughs> Is he already a bust? <laughs> God, people, come on. But in talking about that, now that OU will be playing its fourth game, we'll see if anything happens with any of their guys. Yeah, and I mean... Especially over the next two weeks when I think there will be opportunities, I would think, in the fourth quarter for them to play guys that will be sitting on that fourth game. And you wonder... I mean, I don't think there's any reason at all to redshirt somebody like Theo Wees. I just don't. I think they should, I think they should move him to the other safety spot. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, guys like Stacey Wilkins, EJ and Doma Ogar, just people, I mean... Has Wilkins played at all? They've both played the last yeah, two games. Yeah. Okay. And I, know, I saw Doma Ogar out there. They've, they've been the right left, right and left tackle of Felix and Wilkins, and then uh, EJ right next to Stacy. They've played the last two games. And then you know, guys like I, it seems pretty clear that Wete is going to red shirt, but like yeah. Guaybu, I mean, mm-hmm. which I think he needs a red shirt. I mean, I know he's a great talent and everything, but just size wise, I'd like to see him. Spend a year in the weight room before he burns a year of eligibility. But he's another fair. guy that, I mean, boy, Calvin can look really good. Well, and, and I thought that was that was really interesting in the press conference where Lincoln was talking about that. Like guys, you, you know, guys that are playing or that are part of our rotation, we can't burn them in the weight room. We can't go and go crazy and try to bulk them up and get them bigger and stronger. But once they're redshirting and we know it, then we can really push them to get those gains for, you know, the year, 18 months before they really get on the field and are really a factor. I thought, you know, and it's something like I knew, but I thought it was kind of interesting to hear him kind of say, you know, like I think he was talking about Charleston Rambo. I think yes. that was kind of the conversation he was having. I thought that was a, an interesting point, and it really applies to, you know, a guy like Aguebu like you're talking about, Kerry. Now, we haven't, we've kind of glossed over it, but uh, Jonathan Perkins uh, reportedly in the transfer portal I don't think any of us. I think we all kind of had the same reaction when that happens. Like, 
Capitalize K. Uh, well. Okay. <laughs> Just, you know, never looked like it was going to fit. I, I, I didn't love him in the old scheme, and this one it was... No. I mean, length and speed are your two things. Those are probably the two things Jonathan Perkins does not have. So, like, I, I don't get that being a fit. Now, I will say, and, you know, I know we give a lot of the fans a hard time sometimes. We do our, our bad voice impressions and all that sort of thing. But the thing I do want to give it up to, the two guys that the fans were almost unanimous about, Derek Green and Jonathan Perkins, two first two guys that are gone. Yeah. I mean, like, and neither one lasted a season. And – I'd say Perkins, that we had a pretty, yeah, pretty good role in, especially the Derek Green. You know, like Ugh. it's not like you really hid your evaluation <laughs> yep. of his potential. And the interesting part is, Perkins, like you can chalk up to an old staff. Green, that that was a rough and McNeil guy. I I don't know what that says, but it's it's not great. On even Ruffin's his his guys are doing well. Benito, John Michael Terry. I like Benito a lot. I mean, it's what's happening here. Well, and that's been kind of nice. Is that you know we haven't had to deal with like all the Ruffin stuff. I mean, it was like before the season started, you still had a lot of angst about the defense out there. There was a lot of stuff on the boards about when they get rid of Ruffin. Like, and I I can I I understand that sort of um but i mean the whole thing about the defense playing well like nobody's really all upset about ruffin being on the staff anymore no because the defense is playing well like i i think it's still like one of those things too that people just almost have like a ptsd experience when they think about mike stoops because then that leads into the nepotism and all that kind of stuff but like i still think that ruffin mcneil serves some kind of purpose in this in this program I guess that'd be the easiest way to say He's it. He's serving the purpose that he was brought here for, which is to be kind of the big papa bear. Yeah. That's okay. You need that. And sometimes you need that. Parents like him. Everybody can't be crazy. Everybody yeah. can't be a Brian Odom. Just well, keep him every- away from Derek Green's DNA clones. Yeah. You, you, I mean, the problem is you've got a staff of 10 recruiting as nine. I mean, that that's yeah, that's the problem. But, I mean, like, you're not – like, Oklahoma's having to cover extra ground each guy to make up the difference. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Ruffin doesn't recruit at all, mm-hmm. but it's it's far more minimal than the rest of the staff. And it's – I mean, he I'm sure traveling for him is much harder than a guy like Brian Odom or Calvin – you know, young guys that are, you know, just more able to go climb on a plane and fly for, you know, three straight days. And I think we should end the rough McNeil conversation. Do you think there. a perfect assistant yeah, coach I, I would be? Yeah. Would, would, would a perfect assistant coach be able to fly himself? Like, is that going to be the new like a pilot's license? Yeah, it's like <laughs> well, you know, I can coach defense, but I can also fly myself, and I also have my Get own those plane. Damn Uber car, Uber planes going, or helicopters, or whatever. That wouldn't be bad. It'd be amazing. God, I feel like our our expenses from Eddie Carey would become astronomical if there were Uber helicopters. I've never been in like a helicopter, I, to, I don't think. I've been in one. You can imagine this. I got sick on one. Yeah, imagine that. Shocking. I'm upset, shocked Bob. that you That's even got in upset. one. <laughs> we did over to Grand Canyon. Brittany oh. absolutely loved it. I was like almost thrown up the entire time. 
Was Bob, by the I way, mean, has to sit in the front seat of every car or he'll get car sick. Factual. Bob, you're like a damn poodle. <laughs> he really uh, is. Can we put you in a carrying case when we <laughs> travel? Uh, no, we did ours on our honeymoon, and this guy, like, it's just nice. Showing up to game. <laughs> no, we're here to make sure that Bob didn't your kid. freeze to death on every flight. Have you guys seen the high school videos where the players are like on the field and they're acting like they're dogs and their yeah. buddies are yeah. holding them back? Yeah. Like that could be Bob. Like we're letting him out of the cage. Like he's a wild one. I think they did that. Uh, no, that I think would Buki be Bob. Did that before not, the Bob uh, would be Bowl. Bob. Would, yeah, I think Buki did do that. You're right. Yes, Bob would be more like the dog that doesn't want to come out. I don't want to come yeah. out. I gotta make sure I'm healthy first. <laughs> Those flights can just take it out of me. It's so embarrassing. But I'm like done. We're gonna get you jacked up on steroids. If you own a steroid company, contact Carrie. We need. I got a steroid sponsors. Send, I, I'll, I'll no, send I like to the real, team. real steroids. I bet they can hook you the, up. The for real, for real. I don't know. I mean, I inject that stuff into my ass. How much more real does it need to get? I. You're not walking around like a bodybuilder, though. Like I want to. I want. I want real. Like, how do you know uh, what's under this layer of fat? Well, oh, are we trying to say he can't hang? Yeah, He's that's fish. true. Oh. I've already been fat shamed <laughs> twice this year, or <laughs> twice by Heisman winners. Do you think Jalen Hurts would let you work out with him if he knew you were on the juice? Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's the Alabama in him. Tell him you're on the juice next time and see what he says. Show him a needle. You want a needle? You want a needle? We to need take? to get. Hey, man. Eddie needs to go through one cycle, like not work out, not doing like we don't want to show Jalen anything, but he's gone through a whole cycle and then he gets in the weight room and Eddie's just a monster just because just a pure steroid. I think you have to work out, though, don't you? It's like the refrigerator. Isn't that the new thing in minor leagues where they have a really fast fat guy? In which one? That's like the freeze. It's like the opposite of the freeze. But he's a fat guy. Oh, in like major league. I thought you were talking about the movie. I think it. No, in minor leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Some team no, came they have, up they with have the, the, the Braves the game, I think. Oh, they I, I I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And that he starts running crazy. and he acts like he's out of breath. Yeah, and yeah, and then he turns it on. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. There are, I mean, there's got to be, a, there's got to be, like that would be pretty good. Like, get a bunch of former track people that got fat, but they're still really fast. Like that could be a league. Well, it's like that one. Uh, it's like that vine of the. Uh, Kid, he was like a huge kid, and he just blows people off the track. Yeah, uh, I forgot where that was. Like a little terrio looking guy. <laughs> uh, maybe that would be the new defensive lineman. Just get fat former track athletes. I've always said I don't know why NHL teams just don't put a sumo wrestler in between the pipes. Yeah, get somebody big enough to just take up the entire space. They'd probably stick to the ice. I mean, I guess that shows my ignorance of the sport of hockey, but <laughs> yeah, it does. It's always that's it's, right. it's always like, been my. That's okay. Like you don't, all, no, all you these don't all of these you all love the that goalies wall. are always like real tiny guys. You don't love that walrus commercial, the Geico walrus. I, I, I don't watch commercials. Like no I just sleepies, tune myself Wally. out. <laughs> just tune out any type of commercial. All right. Uh, any other order of business that you guys want to bring out before we get out of here? I have a little bit of a rant. Okay. I'm curious. Did you happen to catch the story about... This is non-political. Did you catch the story about the 
kid that had the, I, the sign Iowa. at game day. Yeah, the Iowa. Yeah, 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 the Des Moines Register. I think we should cancel the Des Moines Register. I think people should cancel their subscriptions. They stop are. giving They're them money. They're supposed to be. Good. That's what they've said. I think it's ridiculous that kids, that a guy that raised a million dollars is being shit on for something he quoted off of a television show. Is that he was what it 16. was? Yeah, it was off Tosh.0. Oh. oh, wow. I think it's ridiculous. I didn't the, realize and the guy And from. the little dweeb that reported it. Is hiding now. He should get his ass well, whooped. He locked his account he did. because they doxed him, basically. Yeah, I hope he loses his job. I hope he has a miserable life the rest of his well, life. Well, if the Des Moines Register standards are to report that in that story, then I would think that their standards would oh, they have equate to, fire, to they firing have to fire the, the guy. reporter. Yeah. Yep. What he said, what the reporter said was worse than anything yeah. the uh, Corey kid said. Some of it was homophobic. Some of it was racist. He, just had all, he had all boxes checked when they looked at his tweets. I think it's absolutely ridiculous. That's crazy. I mean, I thought you were going to bring up the story that came out today about the uh, Ukrainian midget. No, I, that, just don't, that I just don't care. Posed as a baby. I just don't care <laughs> about anything on the political side of the world. Did you hear what I said? Ukrainian midget. Ukrainian midget that posed as a baby that got adopted, and ended up being a twenty-two-year-old woman. Probably that sounds like something in probably uh, someone that cleans Josh's house. Linda's daughter, long-lost daughter, Ukrainian (laughs) daughter. Uh, It was a weird moment. Linda's daughter was here yesterday, and I don't know why she wasn't in school. It was very concerning. I got kicked out. Maybe not maybe, vaccinated. Maybe there was an ice check. Holy hell! Speaking of ice check, South Park starts tonight. Looks pretty good. Really? I haven't watched South Park in a couple years, but this I will make an appointment watching week, tonight. It? it should be pretty good. Looks like Cartman has called the uh, ice on uh, the Provlowskis. <laughs> about time. She's just right up my alley. Oh my god, that's too good. All right. Uh, well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Unofficial 40. Don't forget, uh, Eskridge Lexus post game show coming up. It's back this weekend. And it's uh, going to be early. Texas Tech. It will be early. We'll, uh, you'll be able to get it Saturday night at some point, uh, probably when you're really, really drunk, uh, or Sunday morning if you're good people and just want to wake up and have coffee. So it'll all be there for you. Uh, but the Eskridge Lexus post game podcast, make sure you subscribe to that on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever. Uh, and, and always make sure you subscribe to the unofficial 40 uh, on iTunes rate review all that good stuff appreciate everybody that sends a good word out uh, on iTunes for us uh, as well and thanks to midfirst uh, bank uh, make sure you go to midfirst.com slash u40 sign up uh, as they are the official provider of the OU credit card uh, get that zero percent 12 month uh, financing on on the card special going on right now through the unofficial 40 podcast so thanks for listening And we'll be back again next week right here on the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.